Welcome to another episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Today we're talking about Meraki adaptive policy with Cisco experts Rob and Alex and Cisco Champion hosts Meredith and Aaron. We'll have Rob set up the conversation in a little more detail, but before we kick it over to him, I'm going to have everyone provide a brief introduction on who they are, what they do, and where you can find them on Twitter. I'm Amy Lee San Juan. Amy Lee San One on Twitter, and I'm on the Cisco product marketing team tasked with bringing together our amazing Cisco experts and our super smart and talented Cisco champion hosts so that we can bring you a new episode every Monday. Okay, Rob, we'll start with you. Can you introduce yourself and what it is you do at Cisco? Sure. Uh, so yeah, my name is Rob Watt. I am a product manager uh, here at Cisco in the Meraki business unit. So uh, I'm a product manager on the MS switching line and um, you know, really closely tied to the the adaptive policy features that we're going to talk about today. And you can find me on Twitter, although not very actively, uh, at Meraki Watt. Very cool. All right, next up, Alex. Same question for you. Awesome. Yeah, so my name is Alex Berger, and I am a senior technical marketing engineer for the Meraki Switching Platform. And uh, I work on anything from hardware to features such as the adaptive policy feature set as well. And you can find me uh, at aaburger85 on Twitter, uh, although I'm not as active as I used to be as well. Okay, that's all right. Sounds like I have the right experts on the call. Meredith, tell us more about yourself. Sure thing. Uh, my name is Meredith Rose. I'm a consulting systems engineer with Worldwide Technology, um, focused mainly, mainly on routing switching and data center environments in the Southern California area. Um, been a Cisco champion for just this year, but I've been a CCIE for 21 years, so been a big Cisco fan for a long time. Nice. All right, lastly, Aaron, give us the lowdown. Who are you? What do you uh, the, do? The skinny. Uh, <laughs> so my name is Aaron Weiler. Uh, you can find me on any social media outlet at Aaron Engineered. There's a D at the end, so I've marketed myself well, I feel like. Um, I am a sales engineer, kind of like Meredith. Um, I work for one of the United States' largest ISPs, and I interact with our Fortune 50, Fortune 100 customers in the uh, enterprise space. So I'm the technical liaison between my company and those companies. Great. Okay, Rob, kicking it back to you. Can you set us up? What are we talking about today? What are we talking about? Uh, we are talking about uh, currently my favorite thing in the whole wide world, adaptive policy. So um, adaptive policies is this new um, feature that we're, we've launched in the Meraki world in, in uh, May of this year. Um, it's a new policy feature, new policy structure that uh, that solves a lot of our customers' problems. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this today, and um, I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Yeah, it. I we were doing the pre-call and uh, you know a couple weeks ago or a week ago, and thinking to myself like I have so many stupid questions and usually my stupid questions are aimed toward like SD WAN products or cloud products because they're just like marketing terms, right? But really, it's because like it's something so fundamental that I have a tough time grasping it. And this this isn't one of those things, but it it is in the, along the lines of the question, which is, why does it take so long for something like this to find its way into a feature set, right? Because we know like software defined things are, are all about like visibility 
and once I have the visibility, then I can uh, move things, right? So visibility then control. So why does something like this that seems like such a fundamental, I don't know, like tool, why does it why does it take so long to to hit the marketplace? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Aaron. Um, yeah, I think it, it, a part of this is is you know we've had ways to control traffic and networks for years, right? Like since the advent of, of IP, we've had ACLs and they do the job. They, they, they work, right? They don't necessarily work well in some scenarios. And, and, you know, that's why we, we built adaptive policy, but we've always kind of leaned on this, this concept of IP ACLs to, to secure networks. Um, so, you know, when you're, you're kind of ranking things that you're going to build, um, if you've got something that's already doing the job, Hey, yeah, let's let's maybe focus resources elsewhere and, and continue to build uh, other things. But you know, it's it's. I I think like again, we we just got comfortable with IP based ACLs, right? So mm-hmm. building a new policy structure, um, there's a lot of different challenges. There's a lot of things that you have to consider, um, and you know, most importantly in in the Meraki world, how do we do this simply, right? And that's mm. that's not always an easy task figuring out how to do something simply. So you mean like user friendly, right? Like, so, so me as someone who doesn't know anything about like security tags or, or, you know, group policies to that finite detail, I can just go in and I can say, okay, yes, all these people belong to the same business unit, treat them as such, no matter where they are. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, I think maybe we, we take, a, take a step back here and kind of explain a little more of what, of what adaptive policy is yeah, because yeah, you, yeah. you're hitting on a couple of the points there. Um, adaptive policy is a new policy structure for Meraki. It is um, you know, very much identity-based, right? Like the concept of a tag that is assigned to a user when they're connected to the network and having, that, having a policy built around that tag and built around that identity rather than built around where they are in the network. Like if they're... Mm-hmm you know, on a specific IP segment, having this specific set of control. So, you know, it's it, for us, it's it's really, um, you know, improving that policy experience, creating something that's more flexible and ultimately something that's more scalable for our customers. With all the uh, mobility these days and users changing devices and locations and so forth, I could see how this would be a really good replacement for the traditional ACLs and kind of abstracting from the IP address, which is really a fixed thing, expecting you to be on the same device in the same location or coming from the same subnet. So it does seem like a large leap forward, not just in convenience, but in terms of really following what the intent is on the security policy. Yeah, not to get too far in the weeds uh, as we get started here, but I, I think a lot of the you know benefit that we are gaining out of this tag-based security is that we're not building out these gigantic, uh, you know, ACLs that are very static in that we're able to just generate traffic, attach an identity and be able to have that identity flow through the network, which allows for scale, right? Because we're not looking at a giant set of prefix lists determining, you know, the potential identity, location, et cetera. We can just look at that identity information in the packet and kind of go from there. It yeah, sounds a lot like ICE. Is this ICE, basically, or can you kind of compare that? Yeah, so this isn't ICE in that uh, it can be coupled with ICE, ICE being the, you know, the more or less the the radius server in a lot of cases or the, the posture uh, profiling and radius server. But 
what this is more so is the ability to um, take that data from the radius server, take that tag the radius server assigns, and then attach it to that client. And then within the data plane, carry that identity versus making it a very uh, heavy lift on the control plane, having to you know map information about every client in an organization on potentially every node in that organization. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, so it's not really... Um about the the ice server itself it's really about the radius and assigning the tag and putting the user in the right place and giving them the right access based on the tag if i understand that right yeah and and just to reiterate the it's not that ice isn't a part of this you know you can absolutely utilize ice as that uh as that identity assignment tool um, but this is more so just making sure that ICE isn't having to, you know, for instance, utilize a feature set like SXP to map IP to SGT and uh, have to do that on a hop by hop basis. This gives us a, more or less a, a very simple way of mapping identity to each packet from a client and carrying it through the network. Got it. Got it. Well, the ICE question is good because it, it leads me to the next question that I have, which is, the Meraki group policy that already exists. So in what ways does that differ from that? Yeah, so or the so the, the Meraki group policy is is um you know up until very recently has only been applicable to MR uh wireless access points and MX security appliances. Um and you know it it is again that IP based enforcement policy, right? It can be dynamically assigned uh at time of authentication via radius attribute but it still relies on that static concept of IP topology. Um, whereas with adaptive policy, we've developed uh, policy leveraging uh, security group tags underneath the hood, right? Like the the ability to, to apply that tag on a frame-by-frame -frame basis and um, have it um, brought through the network and, and, you know, carried through the network. Um, it's incredible. It, it's more powerful, more flexible than that, uh, static IP topology, you know, static IP ACL. Hmm. Yeah. To add to that, the, uh, group policies are only technically applicable to the client and the device they're attached to. Uh, they, you don't carry like a group policy mapping throughout the network like you do hmm. with a tag. So, it's very dependent on, you know, policy only being applied as traffic comes into the network versus being, uh, you know, more flexible or adaptive, if you will, throughout the network itself. That's crazy. So the S so the SGT tag, it's crazy, crazy in a good way. <laughs> so the, the SGT tag, right? Well, that's redundant, I guess. But the, the tag is, is it going to be... What devices, I guess is the best way to put it, what devices are tag aware or going to be tag aware? It's a great question. Uh, so at uh, as of right now, our uh, 802.11ac wave 2 and up access points uh, support uh, the adaptive policy or SGT uh, assignment and can more or less... Uh, read the tag in the packet, uh, as well as our MS390 switch. It, it is not supported on our, uh, on our previous generation switches or any of our wave one or, or below APs, um, but is also supported, uh, you know, not, with, not only within Meraki, but uh, within, you know, the Catalyst portfolio, uh, some of the mm. Nexus portfolio, firepower appliances, et cetera. Oh, Nexus always gets all the cool stuff, man. Anytime Cisco buys somebody, they're like, oh, but we integrate with Nexus. 
Shout out to you if you bought Nexus equipment. <laughs> Easy transition. So how about configuring this? Is this something we can do just through the Meraki dashboard? Is it API compatible? Is it hard to configure? Do you do it organization level? So I'm throwing a lot of questions at you, but just trying to get a big picture of how we make this actually happen in the network. Yeah, those are great questions. Um, so let, 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 let's kind of step through. Um, so in terms of configuration, you can configure this completely in the dashboard. Like we, we talked a little bit about ICE being able to assign tags at, at time of auth, but if you want to, you can configure this completely within the Meraki dashboard. Um, the, the adaptive policy policy uh, structure exists in the dashboard, um, just like any other configuration on a Meraki device, and we download it to the devices. Um, you can statically assign tags to individual switch ports. You can statically assign tags to um, wireless SSIDs, uh, and you can statically assign tags to uh, IP uh, network objects, right? So if you wanted to, you could you could configure this all within the dashboard. And we really focused on on having that ability again because not not uh all of our customers are at that level where they would have ice where they'd have a, a nice cluster and be comfortable administering that right so we want to we want to cover kind of both of these um all the different uh kind of areas of the spectrum of of, of our, our user base um so in in but in terms of of api capabilities absolutely this is uh this is actually a really exciting feature for us from an API perspective because it's one of the first features that we've developed uh, with an API first mentality. So a lot of the the, the previous features in dashboard you could uh, only access them in dashboard, and we've been you know expanding our dashboard API capabilities over the over the past couple of years. But with this feature, we built API endpoints as part of the entire development process. So if there's a feature within adaptive policy within the dashboard there is an API endpoint for it. And, and we intend to, to maintain that approach as we move forward with it. Yeah, to add to that though, and I think something that is uh, probably important is that this feature is also, uh, from a policy perspective, is configured at the organizational level. So when you actually define your, your groups or tags in your policy, you're not defining it on a per network basis and having to touch each and every site, each and every network config. At this point, the actual policy definition is at the organizational level so that you set it once and then that same policy is applicable through every site that you have. Uh, and, and with that being that there's less chance you're going to have you know misconfigurations, especially from a policy perspective, but also the ability to quickly change policy across your org without having to touch each and every site so that you know customers that have 100 or 1,000 sites aren't having to schedule giant change windows to make, you know, potentially a small change like blocking traffic between two IoT devices. Oh, that's great. And so it pretty much takes place in real time or Meraki dashboard time, which is pretty close to real time. Yes. Yeah. So the, uh, the one big difference between uh, adaptive policy and other tag-based uh, um, deployments that we have within Cisco is that the policy itself is a giant config update that is pushed down to the device so that every device in the organization will have that entire policy. We'll know about every tag that's been defined in dashboard so that if you make a policy change, we just schedule up a config update and then it will go through the typical uh, config download process that Meraki devices go through. Which Makes sense. Actually, Great. Yeah, How and actually... 
Oh, go ahead. The, the Nexus stuff, though, let's say like you have a mixed environment, right? Because you and I'm only bringing it up because you because you did. <laughs> so don't shoot me here. So let's say I have Nexus switches um, in my enterprise, and then I have you know an MX appliance, and I want to do that. Do I still have to touch everything, or do I need uh, ICE to handle the rest of that propagation? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So within Meraki, we don't necessarily have any requirement for support of ICE. However, if you start bridging together what we would call multi-domain, where we have you know the Meraki adaptive policy domain, we potentially have an ACI domain, uh, you know, TrustSec. Uh, ICE is very handy because we can then leverage some of the uh, you know mappings that can be built within ICE to share that data. So as far as the actual tag propagation is concerned, it's simply usually a port configuration. But when you get into like ACI, uh, especially the phase one um, integration, it does require ICE performing a translation and updating mappings between the between the domains. However, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so in that case, ICE is definitely a good thing to have to help bridge the gap uh, from a language perspective. I knew the secret sauce was in there somewhere. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so uh, speaking of that, uh, I just want to make mention that we uh, we also have a what we would call an open source uh, Docker container that's been developed in-house that uh, does some cool stuff, which syncs, uh, using the API, syncs policy from either from ICE to dashboard or from dashboard to ICE, which will allow for customers that do have a multi-domain environment to only configure policy in one place. And in a lot of those cases is within ICE. And so the container itself, you just spin up the container, put in your API information, tell it which direction you want to sync, and then it will start syncing policies between the uh, the two domains without making you configure in two different places. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, so the same tag can carry out through the multi-domain architecture, I think is what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Essentially the same policy, yeah. Yeah, the, and the goal there... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Rob. Uh, yeah, and that, that was a a key goal for us was was making sure that when we developed this feature that we kept that that focus on interoperability within the Cisco family, right? We're we're leveraging SGTs, which have been part of Cisco's technology for ten plus years, um, and you know it, it's a it's a known entity that we can interoperate with the uh, with the um, you know adjacent Cisco products. So it was really a, a goal for us to make sure that this was not. Um, that it could be deployed as a as kind of a self-contained entity, but also fits into this larger vision that we have as Cisco as a, a of multi-domain. Yeah, it makes sense. Most customers probably have Nexus in their data center, anyways, and you know that's maybe where their target resources you're trying to protect. So having that continuity of the policy is really important. Very cool. Is it strong enough to meet like compliance in terms of? I mean. ACLs, VLANs, there's so many different ways of segmenting. Is this actually a tag-based security going to meet compliance that you may have, for example, a healthcare environment? Yeah, so uh, on that topic, we built this uh, purely around the, um, you know, using the TrustSec architecture as our kind of our guideline. So we are utilizing tags in the same way that we would in a typical TrustSec environment, inline SGT TrustSec environment to be um, exact. So that, uh, you know, we can meet compliance, we can meet security uh, requirements uh, utilizing, uh, utilizing SGTs. Great. That's rad. I wonder, this is kind of like 
me thinking out loud <laughs> i wonder what the like what else could you do with an sgt well you want me to tackle that one rob <laughs> sure go for it i mean i have i have dreams uh, of, uh <laughs> they're so not they're, nightmares let's be clear they're dreams yeah, they're, no yeah the, the, I, I i i've been thinking about this topic for a while because I think security is just our first step, right, in how to utilize SGTs. Um, there's there's plenty of ways that you could um, use that tag, because keep in mind, the whole point behind the tag is providing the identity, uh, and in this case, in the data path. You know, there's there's a lot of feature sets out there uh, within the Catalyst portfolio and within, like, Firepower and a number of others that that use the tag for more things than just security, like policy-based routing, like QoS policies. Um, you know, there. if you look at the uh, Firepower appliances, you can apply specific outcomes or specific policy matches based on the SGT. So being able to perform like differentiated filtering uh, as traffic egresses your, uh, your environment, um, there's, there's so many different things. I think that you know, for right now, we want to nail down, uh, you know, how we do security policy and how we visualize it. But uh, there's so many ways we could actually leverage this well beyond just security itself. Yeah, it could be like adaptive policy-based routing. <laughs> yeah, that's Sorry, did cool. I steal that? Did I steal that from the roadmap? <laughs> I'm sorry. Make sure that the QoS for the engineers is always the highest based on our tag. That's what I was going <laughs> to say, too. The CEO gets, exactly. you know, everything. Right. We know well, and you, and you think about it, like... Uh, a lot of the a lot of the goal behind uh, adaptive policy is to try to make sure that customers aren't having to over architect their, you know, their sites uh, with many many subnets and VLANs on purely on the security aspect, and so that means that if you're starting to reduce the amount of uh, subnets you have, you're going to have some coexistence within a single uh, a single environment, and so with like QoS for instance. You could have your phones and your data devices in the same VLAN, but being able to take that tag and apply specific, you know, um, you know QoS policies based on that source device's uh, data is uh, something that I think is very interesting as far as, uh, you know, being able to maintain that simple, uh, you know, simple network architecture, but being able to provide advanced features. So we're going to one subnet and one SSID and we're done. I mean, it might be two SSIDs. I still think guest belongs in its own place. But. <laughs> yeah, but being able to differentiate besides IP address is huge, I think. I mean, we've already seen that happen in other areas, like you said. But bringing that to Meraki is really awesome. I would agree. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like the poster children for bringing what you can do with insights to a nice easy to use like interface um i'm a huge fan which is why i brought up the group policy part because it's i think the one thing that's very difficult to do when it comes to anything that's quote-unquote software defined which is which is kind of what this is right i mean it's it's insights so once you know something then you can you can control it but you guys are are always at the forefront of that so is this going to be like a a full-blown release that you're going to do? Like, are you going to just push it to the dashboard and nobody's going to know about it? Am I going to get a nice pop-up window that's like, hey, you got a new menu feature? Also, what everybody really wants to know is, are you going to get your own little uh, feature section in one of the drop-down menus on the left-hand side of the dashboard? 
Ex- excellent question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you fight for it and did you lose? <laughs> uh, <laughs> fought for it? It wasn't really a fight. Oh, okay, um, so, right. Yeah, so, so like I mentioned, uh, I think at the top, um, adaptive policy is is in uh, like a, a controlled beta right now. Um, so basically, uh, Meraki supports customer sales engineers. They can enable it for you. But um, once it's enabled, yep, it has its own little spot right under the organization menu, adaptive policies, uh, where you nice. like assign the tags, create the policies, enable it on... Uh, individual network so it's uh you know it's an exciting feature for us because you know um the the power that you get with an organization-wide feature right like that's at at scale that that is just an incredible um uh, an incredible capability that you don't generally see um and you know when we kind of take a look further at adaptive policy we want to make this uh it's already um, core to to a lot of the the MS three hundred and ninety story and, and capabilities, but we want to continue to expand it. We want to continue to evolve it. Um, you know, we, we really focused on configuration as the first phase of this, right? Like we wanted to get that right, as Alex mentioned. But you know, as we move forward, you know, part of that whole policy lifecycle, policy evolution, is that visibility aspect, and that's what we want to focus on. Uh, next, right, is like, how do we visualize policy? How do we visualize what's happening with policy in your environment? And I think that, you know, with the dashboard and with all of the visibility that we already have there, whether it's Meraki Insights or Traffic Analytics, I think we have a real opportunity to change the game in, in how our customers view policy in their environments. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's great. Because I've seen people try to map out TrustSec using like spreadsheets and things like that. Like <laughs> this tag can get to that tag or that resource. So I can see with the Meraki with the incredible UI that you have that you could bring that to a visual graphical representation that just intuitively makes sense. I'm coming from a cognitive science background. So I can really <laughs> see the importance of using yeah, the graphs, the colors, the visual things that you guys have with Meraki to really have this make sense to the users and make it more effective and usable. Or just like getting people to understand it. <laughs> I, I've actually learned a lot from just the Meraki product because it's so easy to understand and you can click a button and it won't let you screw something up, right? Like that's the whole big thing is you get this giant red button. It's like, nope, sorry, dude, you can't do that. But if you guys are making something, well, somewhat complex is like micro segmentation. Like that would scare the heck out of anybody that's architected a network that's been around for 20 years, right? And they've got things just dialed in with every ACL on the planet. That would be a little unnerving to to start with, right? Like, I don't want to screw anything up. There's so many dependencies. But, you know, if you're just starting out or, or you know, you're making a switch to Meraki and to see something like that, to like day zero deployment, like that's nuts to me. Um, I, I, it's generational really, right? So talking about, uh, you know, accidentally screwing things up, I do want to highlight uh, one uh, one feature that our APs have that is pretty cool. So uh, one of the things that can happen when you enable uh, inline tagging is that you add a new ether type uh, to and a new, more or less new layer to your, your traffic. There's a lot of network devices that just don't understand it and Uh-oh. may think that packet is not really uh, valid and drop it and black hole your device for the foreseeable future. And so 
one of the engineers that uh, was working on this feature set uh, was like, hey, how do we fix this? And we ended up coming up with uh, a really cool function where if you enable the feature, the access point listens uh, on the port to make sure that it sees tag traffic before it starts tagging traffic and sending it out. So what that means is that if you accidentally configure adaptive policy on an access point that's connected to a switch that doesn't support it, you don't lose the AP. It'll hmm. uh, it'll actually just send an alert saying the port's not configured for uh, you know for tagging and disable the feature and alert you. And so it's just another you know way that we could provide uh, you know some failsafe so that if you accidentally started going crazy and configuring uh, this feature set, you didn't. You know, have to go out and touch all your devices and reset them, for instance. Smart. Makes sense. So get those MS390s uh, out there, huh? I mean, that would be the best possible scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Buck up, folks. Get the 390s. You know, you, you know you've made it in Meraki if you get your feature on the organizational tab. Like That's probably making it... Cred. For- <laughs> yeah, right. You got that, that that probably went around the water cooler a few times, I feel like. Like guess where we ended up? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> the top of the mountain. Yeah, and to be honest, we did have some fun conversations about where to place the feature. You know, it was like, do we create a new side tab that's like uh, you know, its own section? Do we uh do we nest it within a network? Do we nest it within, you know, where and it ended up being logical that we put it at the organizational level right and put it underneath that organization tab um, just so that it makes it, it makes more sense from you know when you're configuring policy that you know you are doing this for your entire organization versus like just a side tab which is network specific or just a network configuration which is obviously very network specific so um, yeah I feel like we fell into the right spot it uh, it makes sense and um, I don't know. It, it just it just fits, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would really help with consistency, I think, too. So you don't end up with different policies on different networks, trying to do the different the same thing with different tags or something. It would really be a mess. Right. I mean, and think about it this way, too. If you, uh, given the fact that tag policies are enforced at the destination, if you don't have policies that match across your organization, and a packet was to, for instance, leave one network, where employees are not allowed to talk to other employees and hit another network where you accidentally configured your policy differently, you could accidentally permit that traffic. And so this really gives us the ability to provide that consistency that's needed for, you know, for an actual security policy to uh, work properly. And given that it's bi-directional, you definitely want to make sure that you treat the traffic the same uh, at all sites on all nodes. So much more efficient right like acls can be clunky because of that reason which is like you know there's it's it's somewhere like you said statically assigned somewhere right so why would my traffic have to go all the way there and chew up all of these valuable resources before it got told no you know when i can tell it no or yes from the get-go right yeah and and so keep in mind that the way that the tag policies work it you do end up with that first packet making it all the way there typically and then mm. so like if it's a tcp session right you you're not going to set up the actual session if you block the traffic so right. it uh chews up very little resources but that's definitely true right you the last thing you want to do is have you know policy enforced at 10 different places throughout your network when the end goal is you know to provide the the same access uh, you know level uh, across your org mm-hmm 
as you evolve into like policy visualization and stuff, would there be a way you could actually troubleshoot and say like, I know, I'm pretty sure I got, you know, the right tag on the source and destination and, but somehow we're not getting there from here. So you can actually see, maybe we got four switches in and then something dropped it. Yeah. Rob, do you want to cover that one? Yeah. You know, I think it, that is um, kind of the serviceability and the, and the troubleshooting capabilities. It's definitely part and parcel with that. Um, the, the visualization. Um, yeah. I, I always look back fondly on, on my days as, as uh, you know, being a network engineer and, and uh, being as smart as Alex, but um, <laughs> yeah, now I'm just, yeah, just PM. But um, yeah, I remember back in the days of like the ASA with the with the the packet walk tool, right? Like that was right. that was that was so useful. But um, yeah, I think it's again with that visualization and and capabilities within the dashboard. Yeah, definitely troubleshooting tools are going to be top of mind for us. What those look like, uh, still to be determined. But um, I think like for us, serviceability is part of assurance and part of uh, visibility. Yeah, makes sense. It'll be very cool to see that come to fruition in a graphical way, unlike ACLs where you're just sort of shooting in the dark trying to find the Hits right Hits or one. misses, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, trying to put counters although, on. Right, yeah, there's counters like, oh, it hit so many times, but where? I mean, obviously you guys are the, the gurus when it comes to making things look pretty, so I'm sure I'm just as stoked as Meredith is to see what you guys come up with as far as making an ACL look like some well. A not just trace ACL. route looking for star 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 somewhere in the middle <laughs> yeah exactly like like how does that look like oh your your stuff got dropped here and here's why you know that that'll be cool i mean i don't i don't know about everyone else but i love coordinating syslogs from different devices oh, no not it's a great so way to spend a weekend <laughs> isn't <laughs> it that's usually where you put the said no one ever after <laughs> exactly <laughs> right? exactly yeah. <laughs> This is awesome. All right. So we talked about IoT devices just briefly. I have a lot of my customers that are very heavy into the IoT space. And you mentioned, like, what if you don't want IoT device number one, category one, to top to another type of IoT device? Since those are not entering usernames and passwords and basically 802.1x, are we using, like, a MAC address authentication? Like you said, any Radius server can assign that tag regardless of how you authenticate that device or user? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So... There are a couple means uh, of applying tags within a, a wireless environment. So we focused on making sure that it was there were two two methods technically. There's static assignment to an SSID. So if you didn't care uh, about differentiating every device that's connected to an SSID, but you wanted to differentiate that SSID, you could apply a specific tag, and every every all the traffic from those clients would get that same tag. But we obviously have a number of ways to utilize a radius server to provide, uh, you know, differentiated access, whether it be uh, IPSK with radius, it could be just simple open with Mac auth, it could be, um, you know, WPA2 enterprise. And so if you think about IoT devices where they don't typically have a supplicant, or if they do, it's not really useful, uh, we can utilize like IPSK with radius and be able to send back a different tag based on and actual PSK based on the uh, IoT device and like, any of the information we can glean from it. Very cool. All right. Well, folks, this has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I want to thank all of you for listening in today and a special thank you to Rob, Alex, Meredith, and Aaron for sharing your wonderful insights and hosting today's session. 
Click on the link provided in the podcast description to access more information on today's topic. And just a reminder, be sure to look for this episode and any other episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts, including SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TalkShoe, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. This is Amy Lee San Juan signing off until next Monday.